Hola y bienvenidos a la Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Barnes y presidente de esa mejor cerveza. Dad Water son las mejores bebidas. No abate por No Filter Network. Miguelito Sandiaguito, not with us today. Will the Thrill, not with us today. Hunter Pence, Hunter Pence, as my kids like to call him, not with us today. But each and every single morning, we not only come on here and salute our boys, but we properly salute each and every one of you. Yes, 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 yes. Woo. Remember this, folks, when we are juiceful, we are useful. And when we are juiceless, we are fucking useless. A very pleasant good morning to you on this 12th day of January 2024. The Daily Hustle electronic email communication that just went out, I don't know, probably about an hour ago. Let's start with that. The DH quote of the day. To give yourself a pat on the back, you have to stop. And you got to reach back. And it's really hard to do that when you're moving forward. And I want to keep moving forward. Dave Kalama. Daily Hustle translation. Self-praise often takes time and energy away from the actual task at hand. When we spend too much time looking back, we lose focus on the present, which is what inevitably propels us forward into the future. Loyal Daily Hustler RTL sent me this Dave Kalama video last night, and I liked it so much I watched it twice, taking notes the second time. For those who don't know who Dave is, he is widely regarded as one of the greatest watermen of all time a world champion windsurfer big wave savage and just a true pioneer of the industry when we are younger it's only natural to want to get recognized for our accomplishments in dave's world that meant titles magazine covers and sponsorships yet all of those things are byproducts of our commitment to our craft and the work we put into it. That said, as Dave points out in the vid, he still very much appreciates the recognition of his peers who he serves with on a daily basis. Ultimately, though, we are the ones who know what sort of investment we have made into our growth. Let's just make sure to keep investing in ourselves through our work and let others deliver the pats on the back new bet online script here by the way folks with the nfl playoffs right around the corner and nba season in full swing bet online has you covered with all the up-to-date second odds news and scores with additional odds lines and trends and information on desktop and mobile you can access the world's best wagering info anywhere at any time head there today to get in on all the action and see the updated odds remember to use the promo code believe capital b l e a v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts and don't forget about our proud partners over at KT Tape, hit the QR code in the upper right-hand corner. Get yourself some of the Pro Oxygen Tape. Stuff's pretty electric. You put it on, it lifts the skin, promotes blood flow to the area, and then reduces inflammation and typically will alleviate pain. Look, I put it on my own daughter the other day. If I'm willing to do that, then trust me on this. This shit works. It's as simple as that. So... KT Tate, get yourself some ASAP if you're dealing with any ailments. Lastly, Triverge, our guy Jory at Triverge.com. We appreciate Jory sending over the goods. This is a mix of lemon, ginger, 
and cannabis. It's the perfect trifecta combo that gets you dialed in. Not this quick high, up and down. Uh Uh-uh. This is sustained energy through the course of the day, sustained focus. So, Jory, salute. So soothing on the throat. But hold tight here, folks, because it's here. This is it. The Let Them Play, a parenting and coaching guide to youth sports, available at ericburns.com, along with the Daily Hustle mug. Both of those will sell out. We have a limited stock of the mugs. We have a limited stock of the books. It's available for pre-order on Amazon right now. But if you want it now, Within the next few days, go to ericburns.com, Amanda Panda Can of Worms out there in Alpine, California. will ship it out ASAP and should get you dialed. If you're a coach, you're an athletic director, get multiples. I literally, I, I mean, I would buy this for our entire organization, I'm going to figure something out, but our entire organization will be reading this book. And that now constitutes, if you go with kids, parents, and coaches, it's hundreds. So it's something that I believe in that wholeheartedly. Yes, I wrote it, but fuck that. It doesn't even matter. It's about the philosophy that was built, not by me, but by an entire group of coaches, families, and players that gave us the blueprint. And we're not perfect. There's definitely uh, a lot that I think that we all can uh, improve upon. But what was cool is I was talking to Kathy Jacobson the other day, who I believe is going to do the PR for the book. And she didn't know anything about it. And so I had to explain it to her. And essentially, like, my explanation is the same way I would explain it to anybody. So if I'm going on Good Morning America or Regis and Kelly, like whatever. Regis and Kelly, like oh, I did that little ode to double sky points to our guy Regis. But, and this guy actually, you know, Kelly and Mark now. You know, Mark Consuelos. One of the nicest guys I've ever met. Seriously. Really, really good dude. We share the same agent way back when. So, anyhow, as I digress here. The concept behind the book is, is pretty simple. It's guidelines in order to keep us all on track and it's something we can all go back and refer to and the one of the problems in the travel ball world and to see athletic worlds in in general is that we don't have any fucking boundaries like people are scared to say yo don't be up on the fence telling your kid how to hit in the middle of a game it's just not cool It's not helping them. If you want to coach your kid, I'm all about it. You want to get him hitting lessons? Great. You want to get him his own pitching coach? Awesome. Keep it going. But the consistent over and over and over and over, it's a fucking grind, man. And typically you are not helping the child. So our job as coaches and parents is to try to put the kids in the best position to succeed. Now, in doing that, also come these player codes of conduct. So uh, again, if if you're running an organization, if you if you're a coach, a team, look, buy one, read it, and then whether you want to pass it along or then buy twenty more after that, that is up to you. Okay, the whole Dave Kalama thing. RTL sent this to me last night. I loved it. And I loved it so much. I didn't only watch it once. I watched it twice. And I sent the link out with the email this morning so anybody could check it. I think it's like 27 minutes long. But the nuggets of wisdom that he had in there were just fucking priceless. And so, you know, the big one is talking about the pat on the back. And, you know, do you ever step back and look at what you've done? and you know, celebrate yourself. And Dave's like, no, like, why? That's not what I'm in this for. Now, I'm proud of the work I put in and I I like to be recognized. And specifically, I like to be recognized by my peers. But 
this isn't about that. Like life's not about that. It's about figuring out what we need to do to charge forward. And that's entertainment too. Goggins talked a lot about that. And I think it was his second book where he had all this attention after the first one. And he had become this social media star. And so he kept going back. And as he's doing one speaking engagement after another, making a shit ton of money and getting requested to do this interview, this interview, whatever. He's like, yo, man, what the fuck have you done lately? And I think that's something that we all can ask ourselves because life's not about what we've done in the past. It's what we're doing in the moment and what we're going to do in the future. So when we take too much time patting ourselves on the back, you're going to prevent yourself from going forward. Now, does this mean you can't take a deep breath and recognize that you've done some pretty cool shit? No. That's no big deal at all. Now, like, that's fine. Like, hey, be proud of your work, but then move on because it's not about what you've done. It's about what you have to do. And it's about what you're doing in the moment. That is all that matters. Okay. Something we didn't have a DH Tuesday or Thursday. We had early morning pickleball sessions, but there was an avalanche over at Palisades and that's look, it's heartbreaking. It's something that, huh, say the nature of the beast. We, we live in the mountains. We live on the mountains. It's real. The danger of this stuff is, is very real. And you know, to think that it happened in an open ski lift area at the top of KT-22, a run that, I mean, I don't know how many times I've, I've gone on over at Swa, and a bowl that I boarded on so many different times. It's somewhat unthinkable, but I think it's also a reminder for all of us that, look, some of the dangers in life we need to recognize can be right in front of our face. There was a, uh, one person was killed in it. I love the way the squad community rallied together. ASAP. I mean, there were skiers, boarders, just normal people up there that immediately started searching. They pulled, I want to say at least three, four, five people out of the snow. But unfortunately there was one they were unable to get. Uh, so last night I then went and watched a documentary that just came out. I mean, maybe it was like a year ago or something about the 1982 avalanche at Alpine Meadows, which is right literally next door to Squaw. They've now combined and it's, it's one resort. Oh my goodness. It just absolutely heartbreaking was that one. But look, mother nature is not really one we want to fuck with. Right. And it seemed like Alpine had taken just about every precaution they could. They were shooting missiles up on the mountains to dislodge. And, and basically, you're trying to create these mini avalanches, right? It's the same idea of using AVI bombs that they use out here each and every single morning where you don't have this massive buildup over and over and over again. And as that happens, it's just, let's say you get some snow, it freezes over, you have the ice, so you have this real hard layer at the bottom. Then you get some fresh powder that's on top, and then you have a, uh, a, a top layer come after that, and it freezes again, creating all this weight, creating the slide, and it's Mother Nature working as she does. Well, they actually reached out to the filmmaker and uh, he it was steve sig and these guys did a terrific job i wouldn't watch it last night it, it literally brought tears in my eyes but it, here's the article uh, that was written after they talked to sig about the palisades avalanche the other day it says tahoe is no stranger to deadly avalanches 
In March 1982, tons of snow came crashing down the mountain at Alpine Meadows. Seven people lost their lives. Perhaps no one knows the danger of the avalanches better than documentary filmmaker Steve Sig. He produced the 2022 Netflix documentary series Buried, the 1982 Alpine Meadows avalanche. He also lives not far from where Wednesday morning's deadly avalanche in Palisades happened. So, look. That that documentary, it, it told the story of, you know, not only somewhat of the people that, that lost their lives, but obviously the the real focus, I'd say the kind of the main character of the whole thing was the dude that was hired as the avalanche guy at Alpine Meadows. And the onus that was put on him for what happened. And, you know, my big takeaway from it is, yeah, well, hey, that's your job. If your job's to try to prevent these disastrous avalanches from happening, uh, you know, you could look at that and you could try to make the argument that he failed. But I think more than anything, it was a tale of the way the community rallied behind what had happened like basically think about this you're in this bowl right and here's alpine meadows and then you have this mountain here which is out in front and then a side there's one road one road in one road out two miles long and then up to the right here is where the snow came from and down below is like the main lodge area well i mean they took Gosh, damn near every precaution you could. They closed the resort that day. Yeah, no intentions that, you know, of opening. And then they were shooting these rockets. They were shooting off Abbey bombs. They were doing everything they could possibly do to try. Well, in, at least in their minds, to try to prevent it. But maybe they had a false sense of security for whatever reason. And then up on the right, they had three, four different avalanche zones or areas. Then they all went at once. One trigger, the next, and the next. And then the snow came rushing down. And here's like the main lodge. Like right here. <sighs> Fucking wiped it out. Completely. And then they talked about the recovery efforts. Well, there was eight people missing. And they found i don't know let's just say four of the eight within the first 24 hours and then they were trying to find the other four which they then found i believe it was it was two more one of them an 11 year old girl so i'm watching this last night with my kids it's just it's just heartbreaking 11 year old girl that what they did was her and her father and then this other guy they had they had walked down to this alpine meadows ski area now there was no barriers. It wasn't closed off or anything else, but they were closed. So they came out of their house and just to get some fresh air, they're like, Hey, let's go for a walk. And sure enough, they were in the parking lot and it just completely uh, engulfed the parking lot. But then they had, they had found six of eight and I guess they were using the recovery dogs for the first time. And at this point, I don't think they were saying that they hadn't, that the dogs would pick up on human scent, but they also pick up on a lot of other scents, right? So the dogs were going nuts, this and that. Well, right before the other storm came, and there's was, was just like, think about it. Think about last year's winters, like one storm after another, after another, after another with a little break. I remember we had mudslides at my house. I was six years old, living in Woodside on Old Ohana Road. And we had mudslides that fucking completely, like, shut off access to our house. So there was one time where I actually, I hiked to our home with my dad, like, through the mudslides. So this was one of the most extreme weather scenarios the state of California had had ever seen. Well, the one guy called off the search. Sort of just as this dog was really picking up on the scent. Well, 
they call it off, they come back the next day. And it was very reluctantly, the, the woman who was controlling the dog, she's like, I knew somebody was in there. I, and, I, and I really felt like they were alive. Well, they come back and I don't know if it was the next day or the day after that, but five days, five after the avalanche happened, they pulled out, I believe her name was Anna. And, oh, my goodness, to hear her story of being buried under there. And basically, she's like, look, like, I got knocked out, right? Complete, totally concussed. My head hurt. And so that was probably the one thing, if you think about it, that may, like may have kept her alive is the fact that she was severely concussed. And so all she wanted to do was sleep. And so she slept through a large portion of that. And they end up pulling her out. And it's just a fucking miracle. It, it, it really is. So anyhow, it, everyone stay safe out there. I don't mean to make light of any situation. I know there's extreme weather happening all over the United States right now. It, it's something that we can do whatever we can to try to take precautions. But I mean, Mother Nature, it, it's it's. You know, I, it's like the ocean, the ocean, the mountains. You just don't, you know, you don't want to fuck with it. And, and we want to stay diligent. That's uh, pretty much all. We For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We can do. All right. So in the past two days, I can't even believe what's gone down. Think about this. Nick Saban, arguably the greatest coach in the history of college football. Retired. Bill Belichick. Arguably the greatest coach in the history of the NFL. Retired, fired, call it whatever you want. And then Pete Carroll. In my opinion, my favorite coach of all time. Retired, fired, call it whatever you want. The thing with Belichick and Carroll is that they have contracts which will continue to pay him. So Carroll's going to stay in an advisory role with the Seahawks. I listened to Robert Kraft yesterday talk about Belichick and whether or not he would stay on. And the answer to that is no. And it's essentially because he had too much power. He controlled fucking everything. So if he's there as they're trying to put in place a structure of a new general manager, a new head coach, which they just hired, by the way, Jarrett Mayo, 37 years old, linebacker coach, in-house, great hire. We'll see how he does. I'm, I don't love the young head coaches. I played for one, A.J. Hinch. He's too young. Great, great manager. Great manager. Uh, one of the best in Major League Baseball. But at 34 years old, it, it's just, it's a lot. And oh! Hold tight. We got a coffee spill. Woo! Let's use the chicken head. Bam. I mean, what a moment. This is when you get too much shit on the desk. I got my let them play coffee cup. I got my daily hustle one. Do not dare ruin a pack of Donruss 89 baseball cards. All right. The chicken head has been sacrificed. Now, if my computer just all of a sudden starts tripping out and going up in flames and whatever else, that's possible. Coffee is not good. If you spill anything, you want it to be water. Not coffee. Well, sure enough, I found a way to fuck that up. Onward and upward. Where was I? So, with all these coaching changes... I just think that, you know, in, in a way, 
like it's kind of sad right this whole era of what i mean i mean if this is not a fucking advertisement for the daily hustle bug i don't know what look how sturdy this thing is survive no problem um where alabama goes from here is really interesting so the patriots they hire the next day the seahawks i'm sure are going to go through a rigorous surge uh pete carroll might even be in on that and by the way if seattle like pushed pete carroll out after they did or didn't they're fucking idiots pete carroll still to this day is one of the most inspirational dudes i've ever i've ever been around i've ever seen uh, he just brings the juice. I mean, he is the reason in a lot of ways, or he is the, uh, the perfect example of the juiceful, useful, juiceless, useless campaign. But when you think about who's going to replace Nick Saban at Alabama, this gets really interesting. Now, they have some of the candidates listed right here. There's been people that have been chiming in. Uh, Texas's Steve Sarkeesian. He resurrected his career in Tuscaloosa after the off-field issues ended his brief tenure at USC. The 49-year, I can't believe he's only 49. He learned well under Saban about how to run a program. And his offensively offensive philosophy evolved. He's gone 25 and 14 in three years at Texas. And obviously... Let's see here. They beat Alabama. It's always nice if you yeah, beat them, then join them. Uh, they went 12 and 2. They lost to Washington in that semifinal game. Don't know enough about them. Florida State's Mike Norvell is another candidate to potentially replace Saban. It says he might get out of the ACC before his team can. Why is Florida State so against the ACC? Jeez. Norvell, who has done a terrific job rebuilding the Knolls, has only a $4 million buyout. He took over a reeling program and four seasons has gone from three wins to five wins to 10 wins and the brink of the playoffs going 13 and one. He's actually 13 and 0 before half his team didn't play in the bowl game. It says the 42 year old Texan. So another young guy like DeBoer has never coached in the SEC, but Norvell has shown that he has an excellent grasp of working in the transfer portal. I mean, that's what this has come down to. And by the way, I heard Florida State now has been hit with two-year probation. It's something having to do with NIL rights violations, and this is like... I mean, are there are there still rules in college? Can't you just fucking pay the kids? I don't get it. Uh, Washington, so this is the front runner here for the Alabama job. I've heard this several different places. Is Washington's Kalen Kalen DeBoer, the dude that I was sipping tequilas with in Fresno a couple summers ago when he was with Fresno State? He said he's done a remarkable job in two seasons in Seattle. He took over a four and eight team. Two years ago, and led them to the national title game this season. It is fucking remarkable. The 49-year-old DeBoer has won three NAIA titles at Sioux Falls, has a staggering record. Ready for this? 104-12. Over the past two years, the Huskies went 10-1 versus top 25 teams. DeBoer is 12-2 all-time against ranked opponents. The best coach of college football. It says. I, other than when they were going up against Texas and they're throwing the ball when they're up two touchdowns and you got 10 minutes left to go in the game. And his offensive coordinator was calling it, but you should have overridden him there. Other than that, it's the only time I've seen him. I, you could argue that maybe he should have had a better answer in the national championship game, but Michigan's defense were just, they were just too tough. Uh, Washington was overmatched in every sense of the word. All right, the last candidate here. It says Clemson's Dabo Sweeney. He played at Alabama. He also beat his alma mater and Saban for two national titles. He's been a great fit for the Tigers, but it feels too 
many around the sport that he's struggled adapting to life with the transfer portal. His program has backslid in the past few years. After six top four finishes and those two national titles, the Tigers have finished number 14 and 13 in this year, number 20. I mean, that's not terrible. Jeez. And he's doing this at Clemson. I mean, it wasn't like they were perennial national powers. Like, they were a good team. It's an ACC team. It's not even an SEC team. There's skepticism he would want to replace Saban. And it's unclear if Alabama would come after him. So, with that, that leads me to the next article. Dabo as a replacement for Saban. It's been a rough week for Alabama fans facing an era without Nick Saban. The biggest question in college football is who will coach the tie next season on Thursday, a man named legend, which I pray is his legal name called into the Paul Feinbaum show to give his opinions on rumors that Dabo Sweeney could leave Clemson and return to Tuscaloosa. And let's just say He's not thrilled with the idea. Quote, Greg Burns. And by the way, is my brother from another mother. I met him at University of Arizona. He's the athletic director for Alabama. Great fucking dude. Great, great dude. We had some great talks about potentially putting a hot tub in a pool in the outfield at where University of Arizona plays baseball. So he... He came on, he was entertaining the idea. We were just messing around. And then the next year he left for Alabama. So that was that. All right, here's the quote. If it's Dabo Sweeney, I'm pouring gasoline on myself and setting myself on fire at the 50-yard line. You can guarantee it. If it's Dabo Sweeney, I'm pulling my arm off and taking that contract fracture. And beating the hell out of myself. No damn Dabo. Do you hear me, Greg Burns? No damn Dabo. If I'm Greg Burns, you know what? I'm going to fucking hire him just to see if this guy does it. Come on, man. Jeez, lighten up. I was listening to a former Alabama player yesterday on ESPN. And he was saying that back in the day, he picked Utah to beat Alabama. And, well, what, I don't think it was a national title game, but it was a semifinal game. or so. It's a big fucking game. Who cares? So, sure enough, Utah went on to roll. Well, he was getting death threats. Death threats. Not just to him, but to him and his kids. That's how serious they take their football in Alabama. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Oh, incredible. Okay. Football this weekend. It is wild card weekend. And it is going to be wild, wild weather. At least for the games that are being played outside. The Chiefs and Dolphins could be among the coldest games ever in NFL history. The Dolphins Use the balmy beaches, used to the balmy beaches of Miami, will likely be hit with an Arctic blast when they visit the Chiefs in Kansas City this weekend. As of Thursday, so that's, well, that was yesterday, the National Weather Service and AccuWeather listed a low of around minus 8 degrees on Saturday. Tom Kynes, a senior meteorologist for AccuWeather, said the wind chill could mean Temperatures feel like they're between minus 20 and minus 30 degrees. Ugh. If the frigid forecast pans out, the matchup could be one of the coldest games in NFL history. Quote, it's going to be brutal, kind of said, temperature-wise. I don't think it's going to get much worse than that. The contest isn't the only wildcard game that could be affected by severe weather. The Bills host the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. When snow and high winds are projected to affect the Buffalo area. Here's a look at what else this weekend uh, could be impacted by the severe weather. Okay, first of all, a couple thoughts on this. 
you guys know my alter ego, Stormy Burns. I go running out in the snow, half naked, and give the most up-to-date latest weather reports. I'm going to tell you that when it's 28 degrees and snowing outside, it's fucking nothing. Like, I, I mean, it feels good. Like, there's no even, like, shock to this. It's too warm to shock my body. I feel like I've experienced too much. I've taken too many snow baths, ice baths, whatever. It's not a big deal. When I go outside and it's below 10 degrees, and then if there's any kind of wind that is with that. So, the other day, it was one degree out, and there was a slight breeze. I ran to the top of the driveway. I ran down the street, maybe a quarter mile. I turned around and came back. I couldn't feel my fucking hands or feet. It took me an hour to recover from that. Now, I didn't have any clothes on. So I was fully exposed. But it's not safe. Like, not safe at all. I'm not being a bitch. I'm not a pussy. I would love to see these growing men suffer to an extent, not to the point where it's going to affect them long-term. I'm worried about the fans. That's the other element. Look, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, they're going to have the heaters. They're going to have all the right equipment. I'm sure they'll all be Vaselined up, put Aquaphor all over when you put the Aquaphor on, Vaseline, basically, it layers up the body. It's almost like another protective layer of skin. So there's ways to counteract that. But if I'm Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, and I'm looking at this, that's dangerous. And it's dangerous not only at the game, but it's extremely dangerous getting to the game. And so to hold an event where you're having 60, 70, 80,000 people come to a game, it's just not fucking smart. The reason why you would cancel something like this or postpone it or change locations of it. So you're not going to cancel. I mean, this game's going to get played. But the reason why you would change location is... Merely for the fact that I don't want to be the one to have that say blood on my hands. It's a little aggressive, but I don't want to be the one to orchestrate something in, in, in a congregation of people at a time where it just doesn't make sense. It's irresponsible. Again, I'm no bit like I, I'm not, a, I'm not a pussy. Like I'm not, this is, I'll go out in the snow with the best of them. This just, doesn't make sense to me if it's that cold now in buffalo and we'll monitor the situation there it's set to be i believe a lot warmer but they are talking about the wind and the snow and so when you're dealing with whiteout conditions it's just to travel so and there's no way they're going to do this without the fans what's the right answer I would monitor it closely. I, I, I'm not sure I'd pull the plug right away, but there was talk of potentially the Steelers and the Bills playing in Cleveland. I'd hate it. Dire Bills fan. I would hate it. I think it sucks. I, I, you know, that part of me would say, don't do it. Like, play the game in Buffalo for sure. Who cares? Whatever. But if it's that much of a safety hazard, that's where the issue uh, just gets big. All right, the weather for the other wildcard games. Let's see here. The three other wildcard games this weekend will be played in stadiums with domes. No weather should not be a factor. The Houston Texans host the Cleveland Browns at NRG Stadium on Saturday at 4.30 p.m. On Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys host the Green Bay Packers at 4.30 p.m. While it will be in the 20s, and for Texas standards, that is for reason, the roof of AT&T Stadium should keep any freezing rain out. The same goes for the projected cold temperatures, a low of around seven degrees when the Lions host the Rams 
on Sunday night at 8 p.m. at Ford Field in Detroit. Rounding out the wildcard slate, Philadelphia Eagles travel to play the Buccaneers in Tampa on Monday. They could be in for wet weather affair at Raymond James Stadium with a 50% chance of showers and thunderstorms in the area per the NWS forecast on Thursday. Giuseppe Pepe Manuelli apparently, I mean, what, what a great pick. Not watching the Daily Hustle as he uh, tries to call here. So, yeah, again, do what you will. If it's that cold, now they've run those games before. This would only be like the fifth coldest. I, the one I remember when I was a kid is one of my first memories as a kid because it was right before the Niners Super Bowl against the Cincinnati Bengals was the San Diego Chargers and Dan Fouts traveling to Cincinnati and playing uh, the Bengals. And what turned out being, I, I think, you know, one of the second or third coldest games in the history of the NFL. So, I don't know. It's, it's something that they can figure out. But, most importantly, let's make some money this weekend. NFL wildcard weekend parlay. Here we go. Heading into the NFL season, we have six games on the schedule for the wildcard weekend. Weather is going to play a huge factor. This is uh, Kevin Erickson, by the way, uh, which is something we'll – be watching awfully close as it affects our play. Saturday's Casey Outlook when the Chiefs, 11 and 6, host the Miami Dolphins. 11 6 calls for zero degrees and the wind chills at 13 to 16 miles per hour. The good news is that there is no precipitation in the forecast. The same cannot be said for Orchard Park where the Pittsburgh Steelers visit the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. They will not only face temperatures of 21 degrees, 21 is not that bad. But there is a 60% chance of snow with a 22 to 24 mile per hour winds. Okay, that's going to take the wind chill down to zero. Uh, the season, the under has cashed in at a 14 2 and 1 rate in games played with an average wind speed of 13 miles per hour or greater. Wrapping up the schedule, Monday rain is expected in Tampa. 70% chance of the wet stuff, but at least temperatures will be in the 60s. After looking at FanDuel Sports NFL wildcard odds, here's our let's make money NFL parlay bet to cash in among sports, books, wires, NFL expert picks, predictions. And by the way, don't forget to go to Bet Online to lay that action. The three rematches from the regular season two, in fact, the Cleveland Browns 11 and six, and Houston Texans. 10-7 just met in week 16 at NRG Stadium in Houston with the Browns winning 36-22 as three-point favorites with the over easily connecting. It's tough not to like the Browns again. Now, C.J. Stroud could be the X factor. I get it. But that Browns team with Joe Flacco and the way he's firing the potential matchup, too, between him and the Ravens looming. Look out for the Browns. They, they could be, you want to pick a team to win the Super Bowl this year, you get great odds on the Cleveland fucking Browns. All right. Uh, it says here the Dolphins and Chiefs probably wish they could go back to Frankfurt, Germany and play instead of being in a refrigerator this week in Kansas City. Earned a 21-14 win over Miami and Germany back in week nine, covering as one-point underdog in the undercast in at 51 and a half. Lastly, the Eagles in Tampa. So this is the third rematch, right, that we've seen. Uh, the Eagles in Tampa Bay met on Monday Night Football in Tampa back, back in week three. Philadelphia came away with a 25-11 win and covered a five-and-a-half point as five-and-a-half-point favorites as the under 44 hit. That was a while ago, and Philly was playing much better football. They meet again in Tampa this Monday for the final game of the wild card. Okay, let's see. NFL wild card weekend parlay, leg one. These are not my picks. I will tell you if I like them or not, though. Kevin Harrison, he's an expert. Leg one. Dolphins plus four and a half at the Chiefs. Fuck, I love that. Wow. 
Four and a half? Really? Huh. There was a lot being made out of geography ahead of this game. Obviously, the Dolphins play in tropical conditions more often than not. Really having to deal with low temperatures. We're not likely going to see Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes and Dolphins QB to a spinning it frequently. Expect both teams to count on the run. Both of the Dolphins running backs, Raheem Mozart and Devon Achain. How do you say that? Achain are capable of housing it. Well, the Chiefs counter with Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco. With their physical styles, all three should be able to take. To all should. English here on the Daily Hustle. All three should be tough to tackle. The combination of Mozart and HN will wear down the defending champs, helping the warm weather Dolphins keep it close and cover. I agree with that. Plus, the public drove this number up quite a bit from an opening of one and a half. I never like siding with the public. Neither do I. Uh, number two here, leg two. Steelers at the Bills. Under 36.5. I like this one as well. The weather is going to be absolutely atrocious. If you love a good snow game, then you're going to love the weather at Highmark Stadium on Sunday. The forecast calls for temperatures around 20 degrees with a 60% or greater chance of snow throughout the game. If that wasn't enough, they're calling for winds whipping off Lake Erie anywhere from 22 to 26 miles per hour. We're unlikely to see much in the way of passing as the Steelers QB Mason Rudolph and Bills quarterback Josh Allen would do well to keep it on the ground. Allen and the Bills will have a leg up as he can tuck it and go. Buffalo running back James Cook is likely to see a strong workload too. He is a badass. He's just got to hold on to the football. So there's leg two. It says, in addition to the passing game being hindered, the kicking game will be affected too. Think back to December 6, 2021, when the Bills hosted New England Patriots on Monday night, and we had snow and ice with heavy winds crushing the pass and kick games. In fact, field goal attempts were downright comical. We're going to get one of those kind of games and points here are going to be at a premium. Leg three of the three-team parlay. Cowboys minus seven versus the Packers. Uh, I don't know. The Packers nine and eight headed to Jerry World and could be considered the Mike McCarthy revenge game. The Dallas coach will get a crack at his former employer. While the pers- personnel has mostly changed, the logo and the helmet remains the same. Most importantly, though, the Packers, let's see here, barely made the playoffs with the Cowboys 12-5, and five, caught fire to end the season, blew past the Eagles, and rolled to an NFC title. The Cowboys scored 33 or more points in six of the final nine games as QB Dak Prescott had the offense humming. The Packers won three games on the stretch, but all those victories came against non-playoff teams. Wins are wins, and Green Bay qualified for the playoffs, but they're not likely to be around very long. Green Bay was just 2-5 and five against the spread in the final seven road games, while Dallas was 6-2 and two against the spread in eight games at home this season. This is a $10 play to pay out $58.14. So the total payout would be $68.14. So basically, you go lay 100 bucks, and you want to go cash that ticket in, you get 680 in return. Uh, leg four, just in case you're curious, the Browns minus two and a half at the Texans. The Browns and Texans kick off the wild card round in H-Town. And as mentioned, these teams are familiar with each other. Cleveland fired out a 22-7 lead by halftime in their first meeting and led 36-7 with 12-31 to go before settling with a 36-22 victory. Don't expect the type of the same type of high-scoring game, but the winning results should be the same. The Browns finished with a total of 418 yards in offense. I just heard a big scream downstairs. What a morning. Uh, the matchup features Houston rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud against former Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco. Experience will be the difference. Flacco has been a consummate professional since landing in Cleveland, and he and these starters are well-rested 
after basically a week off. Nearly all starters sat in week 18 at Cincinnati with the team locked into the AFC's number five seat. So the bumps and bruises are mended in this Browns team should be ready to roll. All right, so the payout on this one would be you bet 100 bucks, you're getting 1200 in return if you hit the wild card parlay. I like this guy's picks. Like them a lot. One real quick look at MLB.com before we send you off into the weekend. Jordan Hicks, breaking news. Hold on a second. Jordan Hicks, the reliever, like badass reliever. Originally, he was with the St. Louis Cardinals. Throws well over 100 miles per hour. Signs a four-year deal with the San Francisco Giants. Four years, $44 million. Wow. This is reported by Mark Feinstein. Just moments ago, the deal includes $2 million per year in performance bonuses based on any's pitch. Hicks is expected to join San Francisco's rotation after being used mostly as a reliever in his career. What? Really? The club has not confirmed the deal. The 27-year-old is one of the hardest-throwing pitchers we've ever seen. Owner of the two fastest pitches, 105-plus in the pitch-tracking era since 2008. More exciting is that he's coming off his best season as a big leader. After a brief experiment as a starter in some games in 2022, Hicks strictly pitched out of the bullpen in 23 with high level of success across 65 outings. Hicks reached... 50 innings for the third time in 2023 of those three seasons. Hicks set career best marks at ERA, 3.29. Expected ERA, 3.30. FIP, fielding independent pitching, that is 3.23. Strikeout rate, 28.4%. And a whiff rate, 28.2%. For the first time in his career, Hicks was able to use his otherworldly stuff to miss bats while still keeping his usual great ground ball rate a tick below 60%. The biggest change that the right-hander made was joining the ever-popular sweeper movement. With the new sweeper, Hicks now has a breaking ball that sits around 87 miles per hour and breaks in a foot in terms of horizontal break, paired with his 100-mile-per-hour sinker that moves nearly 16 inches the other way. Hicks has a nasty combination of two pitches moving in opposite directions. Hicks' sweeper provided a 59.5% whiff rate. What the fuck, man? That's next level. That's the third highest among individual pitch types with at least 50 swings against it. If there's any pause for concern, it's that Hicks has already undergone Tommy John surgery back in 2019. I've been told, though, by some top executives that when they see someone who's had Tommy John, they don't trip. But they do look at it as if it's a six-year shelf life. So if he had it in 2019, say it comes back in 2020, you basically have until 2026. So the Giants could get fucked on the fourth year of this deal. But the first three should be okay. I like the sign. It's aggressive. It's out-of-the-box thinking. Huh. All right. Uh, Marcus Stroman, by the way, agreed to a deal with the New York Yankees. We talked about him a lot recently. And the Yankees have reached agreement on a two-year, $37 million contract with Marcus Stroman, including vesting options for a third year. Uh, again, this is all reported by Mark Feinstein. Stroman also posted an image of himself in a Yankees uniform in his Instagram stories. The club has not confirmed the deal, which is pending a physical. If Stroman reaches... 140 innings in 2025, he'll get a player option in 2026 worth $18 million. All right. Uh, everyone have a great weekend. Get on out of here with a little as a man thinking. Uh, if you're watching live on No Filter Network, we salute you. John Davis, Collierville, Tennessee. Uh, we love you, John. Uh, as well as 
John Emanuel Ramos Henderson, Makati City. Amo in Chattanooga. Mary out there in Annapolis, Maryland. We got Gene up there in Minnesota. Stay warm, Gene. Uh, as well as Michelle Drew and AZ. How about Stephen Luker? Luke, miss it, buddy. Where you been, man? Uh, he's down there in Southern California. If you're listening on Apple, on Spotify, wherever else you want to leave a review, greatly appreciate it. If you're feeling generous, hit the five stars. As a man thinketh, nature helps every man to the gratification of the thoughts which he most encourages. And opportunities are presented which will most speedily bring to the surface both good and evil thoughts. Let a man cease from his sinful thoughts and all the world will soften towards him and be ready to help him. Let him put away his weakly and sickly thoughts. Opportunities will spring up on every hand to aid his strong results. Let him encourage good thoughts and no hard fate shall bind him down to wretchedness and shame the world is your kaleidoscope i read this one the other day i just randomly opened up the same page the world is your kaleidoscope and the varying combinations of colors which at every succeeding moment it presents to you are exquisitely adjusted pictures of your ever-moving thoughts so this was a poem that i read the other day although i led with the poem and then i went back to add a little context to it you will be what you will be. Let failure find its false content in that poor word environment. But spirit scorns it and is free. It masters time. It conquers space. It cows that boastful trickster. Chance and bids the tyrant circumstance uncrown and fill a servant's place. The human will that force unseen the offspring of a deathless soul can hew a way to any goal through walls of granite intervene. Be not impatient in delay, but wait as one who understands when spirit rises and commands, the gods are ready to obey. Keep good spirits out there, folks. Get the... Uh... Chat. Kelly Hats, what's up, dude? Uh, yes, the book is going to be on audio. And I, I listen to all my books. So trust me. Uh, I would recommend, though, picking this up. And the reason being, it's just, I mean, look how easy this is. And it's fucking cool and whatever else. But what I'm going to do, and I'm waiting on the audio book, the reason why is John Gall's my cousin. John is the president, new president of USA Baseball. And so John wants to sit in, I've asked him to, and he was all about it, on the Let Them Play book reading. We're going to do it live on No Filter Network. I'm not kidding. And then we're going to take the files, and then we're going to upload them to iBooks. Uh, I think... Again, like if you're doing an audiobook, it's more than just reading. Like I could sit here and read this, knock this out. I could probably do it in about an hour and a half. It'd be done. But it's the conversations that I think are important to have around it. A uh, goal's quote, by the way, is on the back here. It says, This should be required reading for every travel ball coach in America. The beauty of the LTP philosophy is the trust, freedom, and respect the coach and parents are required to give the child. A simple yet transcendent guide for today's world. John Gall, USA Baseball executive, MLB, veteran, LTP coach, and dad. So, Pete, what's up, dude? Yes, TGIF, baby. I am going to make some turns. Probably, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to get out there this afternoon. My guy KJ Costello's in town, though. Uh, kids ski racing this weekend. So it should be fun to watch them. 
make some turns. Everyone have a fantastic day. Fantastic weekend. Go Bills. And uh, see everyone on Monday. That's it. Uh, don't be afraid to share with a friend, by the way. Send the pod. Really helpful. Really, really helpful if you guys could do that. And if you want to join live, if you're listening to Apple, Spotify, Caffeine TV, wherever, come to nofilter.net Monday through Friday. Typically, we'll do this in the 8 to 10 a.m. range, although it's fucking almost noon right now. But anyhow, a lot of love. Have a great weekend. See ya.